When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. What's up, It's news. This is the Lightning Round Podcast with your hosts, Garrett Sisti and Jamie Hoyle. Go Chargers, go! Hey everybody, welcome to After Hours, and today, joining me to take over for Jamie Hoyle is Michael Peterson. You know him from Bolts on the Blue at Zone Tracks. Say hello to the people, Mike. (laughs) What's going on, everyone? Uh, Obviously, like you guys see... A lot more of just like my name and stuff, obviously from the website. But like, this is what I look like. I'm a little grizzled, but you know, <laughs> a little dark, a little grizzled. I'm yeah, a little dark. I Lighting, there's, a, yeah. there's a long story, and we'll probably get into this. But I'm like locked into a corner, <laughs> and uh, you can you can thank my wife for forcing me in this situation because apparently <laughs> football and what I do for a living doesn't matter. Uh, so here we are. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well. Um, Let's talk about uh, this game because there wasn't a lot of uh, drama here today. It was pretty easy. Chargers win it 37-21. A little um, – made a, it was kind of – after the onside kick, you didn't really worry, but it got kind of a little closer than it should have. But uh, pretty easy win for the Chargers, finally. Finally. No, that's, that's exactly the right word. I was uh, you know, paying attention on my phone after I got kicked off in here, and I was like, wait a minute, like they scored? And like, wait a minute, they, <laughs> they got an onside kick. And like in a normal Chargers game, you know, that stuff starts to happen, but there's like 15 minutes left in the game, and you're like, oh, it's, you know, it's happening. But luckily, the Chargers were able to you know, uh, build a big enough lead, and it, none of that really mattered at the end. It just makes the, the, the win look a little lesser than you know, what it normally was. Um, but one of the biggest things I was thinking about was – can you imagine what it would be like being a good team in a bad division where you have like multiple games like this in a season where you come in and you're like, oh, no, they're going to win that game no matter what. You know, there's not a second thought, right? Like that's what yeah. this game was this Sunday. Like we just, you know, of course they tied it 7-7 early, but then it was all Chargers and you're like, yeah, this is a great Sunday. It's just relaxed, no yeah. drama. Could you imagine that being like that happening quite a bit during your season? It'd be amazing. So like a Patriots like how they're just no, able to run through. No, exactly what I'm saying. I mean, like yeah. when the, the 2018 season, you know, when this team went 12 and four to the playoffs and stuff like that, and we're winning a lot of games, I was like, can you imagine being a Patriots fan? And this is just reality for you. This is just every single year. It's just steamroll the AFC East and uh, no worries. Right. Yeah. 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 So 
Um, so this was, I, I was so glad that this was a carefree Sunday because uh, they haven't had this all season and to be, beat a bad team, just beat them down and not have to worry about it. I mean, even though it was tied at seven, seven, I had no worries throughout the entire game. I did not think they were going to blow it. I just, the giants just weren't talented enough to beat this team. And they finally were able to kind of step on the gas and, and get the win today. Uh, there's a, a bunch of highlights for me, but, uh, we got to talk about probably the, the greatest throw we've seen maybe ever definitely this season but that throw that was probably 175 yards in the air and you can't convince me otherwise <laughs> i know i watched it and the math doesn't add up but mm -hmm. that was wild and to be tackled from behind while you're making that throw it was unreal i i couldn't believe what i was seeing honestly yeah. in, in yeah. the moment um, so like he escapes a little bit, some pressure to his right, and he has just enough time to set his feet and kind of step into it and let this thing go. And a lot of the highlights, people were like, oh, he just threw it 65 yards on a rope. And I'm like, on a rope, it touched the <laughs> Oculus board, you know, like it hit the ozone layer, came back down before Jalen Guyton caught it. I mean, this thing was just, it couldn't have been thrown better. And, and honestly, when you go back and look at the play, probably that's probably not where the ball was supposed to go, right? Like it was just... I've never seen Herbert, who's usually like not conservative, but plays like under care and like make sure he's not throwing a bad ball. This was the biggest like effort moment for Herbert. He just like, you know, like we're about to go into halftime. Like, let's just heave it. And he just did it. And we got what we got. Like one of the best throws I've seen all season, one of the best throws he's ever put up um, in his young career. And I mean, I, that would seem to be the sentiment across social media. Oh, everybody thought so. Mm -hmm. um, PFF's tweeting throw of the year. Every, everybody's talking about that throw. It was wild. I couldn't mm -hmm. believe what I saw. And there is a point now in the season where if Justin Herbert's rolling out and he has no pressure, like there's a five-yard cushion and he's just on the sideline by himself, you know some wild shit is about to go down. Like every single time. It is so awesome that you and just like today when he made that throw across his body going to the sideline to the middle of the field like most quarterbacks are like oh no oh no but for mm. god for justin herbert you know he's electric and something something good's gonna happen more times than not no you're absolutely correct i mean i i don't have like the exact words to describe that sensation or that feeling you get when you're watching him and yes whether it's roll out left or right um they usually got a tight end or someone stopping the one guy who's supposed to be like you know cover the end man in the line of scrimmage and he's just sitting there, and you're like, one Mississippi, two Mississippi. And you're like, holy crap, something cool is about to go down. You don't know if he's throwing it left, right, middle, deep, whatever. But you're just like, whatever happens in the next five seconds is going to blow my mind. Yeah. And that's just what happened today. Like, it's it's an incredible feeling. I mean, it, it must be like what Chiefs fans have really kind of felt with Mahomes like a ton of oh, time. For sure. He's escaping the pocket, right? You're like, oh, Mahomes is about to do yeah, something yeah, yeah. cool. And the Chargers have their version of that. It's just you you see Herbie stop, do the little hitch, and then you're like, it's about to happen. And then, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There it goes. And then something, yeah, and then something happens. And it was amazing. That throw, obviously, being a, a big one, the one where he threw across his body uh, to the middle of the field was another one. But I mean, he he obviously was electric. Um, mm -hmm. The other highlight for me was Joey Bosa and that mm -hmm. sack dance with the yep. tea bag. That was awesome. That big play, getting the strip sack on fourth down, but to do the tea bag celebration with the gun in hand, that old Halo reference, I loved it. I didn't understand it at first because someone just called it like. Um like a squat push-up celebration. And uh -huh. I went, wait a minute, I must have missed it. So I go find a video and he does it. And I'm like, wait a minute, that looks really familiar. <laughs> yeah, I feel yeah. like I, I've done that a few times, you know, <laughs> virtually. Um, and I'm like, no, he didn't. So like, that's incredible. And it made me feel super <laughs> nostalgic for the Halo series, which was obviously the game, you know, back yeah. in the day growing up. Um, but that was fantastic. You're going to play the new one? I want to so bad, but I'm a PlayStation guy. I, I'm still uh -huh. sitting on the PS4. Same um, here. My brother, who used to work at GameStop, is the game guy in our family. Mm -hmm. He has like every console console imaginable um, huh. and everything that I could want. So like literally, I could just go over to his house and be like, "Yeah, I want to play Halo," and I could just play it. So that's, I'll that's leave it awesome. to him to hold it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh yeah, yeah. But, I I worked at uh, GameStop for a little bit there. It was it was a fun you? little job. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It was like my brother. He he started like when he was sixteen, and like growing up. We were big nerds and we played all kinds of games. And so this was like yeah. his dream job. It was like the big leagues, man. He's at he's at mm -hmm. GameStop now. Um yeah. he's since been to a couple <laughs> different places. He's been to like Best Buy and a bunch of other places, but like that was like the beginning of his life, it seemed like was GameStop, you know. And it was yeah. he, he, like all his best friends now who don't work at GameStop anymore, but they all met at GameStop. So it's apparently <laughs> yeah, a dude. magical place. Oh yeah, it was so cool. I in fact when I was uh 18, I got a uh job at a toy store and it was like 
heaven, dude. Like just being a teenager working in a toy store was the best. And then of course I moved on to GameStop right after it. And I was like, mm -hmm. dude, life's good. And then like <laughs> I had to make money, you know? So yeah. I had to like get a real job, but that was, mm -hmm. that was a lot of fun. Um, somebody had commented about how this was a game that was like back in the day with LT and Gates and Merriman, uh, Mary Mac, but of course he meant Merriman, yeah, Williams and Rivers in their prime. Yeah. But, I, uh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I mean, that's, that's a lot like what it felt like. I mean, it felt like that charger team was more of a juggernaut and you expected that to happen like every week. Mm -hmm. Um, this is a team that I think is really good, but you don't expect to kind of stomp out every single team the, they usually make it close, but this was a good feeling. I mean, a boring Sunday is a good Sunday when chargers win for sure. No, you're exactly correct. Uh, again, probably wouldn't say, you know, it felt just like those guys were, were still on the <laughs> team. Um, but this was a game where every, you know, notable player, I think, showed up at one point or another offensively and defensively. Um, I mean, but also this game was missing Keenan Allen and Derwin James, right? Which would be yep. two names that are comparable to, you know, the names from that comment, right? Like if those guys were playing and they still put up, you know, this many points or maybe even more points, you know, who yeah. knows? Um, then, yeah, it definitely would have been one of those things. And I think this was a good win, although – you know, you, you want to say, yeah, of course they beat the Giants. Well, we obviously know it's never been that easy, right? There's always a little bit of adversity. Um, the Chargers, you know, could have maybe had this game be closer um, than it was in the end. Um, and we wouldn't, we wouldn't have been surprised, right? It's just something that the Chargers have done. Um, but it's good that they, they had the task in front of them, which was a simple task. I mean, beat the Giants. Um, yeah. And they just did that. You know, no drama, like you said, is good drama. It's a good day. Um, when none of that happens on a Sunday. So overall, I think they played fantastically. Um, and I'm just glad, you know, I, I don't even think I tweeted anything negative today. Let's just, I think that's a big yeah. win. Oh right? yeah. Like I had nothing to say. I think even when something bad happened, I was just like, you know, stuff happens, you know? And yeah. That's yeah. Like thing. when Parham missed, it kind of clanked off his hands on the onside kick. It was like, ah, all right, well, you know, it's okay. That's all yeah, right. Like they were stuffed on the fourth and goal. And I was like, oh, well, you know, oh, yeah. <laughs> can't do it <laughs> every time. It. And then, no. of course, uh, the false start on Filer, so he saved him three points, basically. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, and so Chris, go talk about jobs. Like Target? Yeah, that's where I'm working now. That's that's the real job, for sure. And so Omar's talking about the bad stuff that happened, and it's Kenneth Murray. He had two neutral zone infractions, still Chargers played a complete game and happy about it. That's exactly right. And he also gave up the uh, touchdown to the fullback, which was bad. Yeah, I mean, when you say, so he says Canon had such a mad day, but it's like, but that's a day. That's just a day for, for Kenneth Murray, unfortunately, right now. Like yeah, he yeah. hasn't his play hasn't been good enough consistently to where the bar has been raised beyond just like being fine and not screwing up, you know, every right. game that comes out, right? Like he hasn't done anything that when he's bad, it's not like, oh, that's really unlike Kenneth Murray. No, that's kind of like it's very unfortunate being the former first round pick that he is, but that's where he stands right now. Him not screwing up is just like good it's, it's actually beyond good like we're just kind of like yeah good i mean i don't know yeah, how yeah. to explain it i guess yeah, yeah. I, I lost for yeah. words it's just like it's just weird man he, he hasn't raised the bar at all and unfortunately he's just a met player right now and today he had a met game which yeah. shouldn't be a big surprise no no i mean kind of a rotational piece at this point and at some point he's going to be like a special teams contributor at this rate, which is kind of sad, especially with uh big play from Nick Neiman at the end of the game to get that interception, Ooh. which is not, <laughs> which is a nice oh, little yeah. stamp on that game. But, oh, um, yeah. but you were talking about Keenan Allen, you know, we thought it was going to be a big heavy dose of Mike Williams uh, today, but it was actually the uh, fringe wide receiver. Three guys that kind of carried the low Jalen Guyton, Joshua Palmer, both had uh, touchdowns. Guyton had 87 Palmer with 66. I believe they were good. They were good today. And both stepped up. You know, you thought, Hey, they get some extended minutes. Keenan Allen's out. Who's going to kind of pull in that wide receiver three spot. Palmer looked great today. Jalen Guyton, of course, caught that beautiful pass from Herbert. Yeah. I think, you know, besides the, the big deep ball from uh, Herbert to Guyton, excuse me, mm -hmm. um, which is kind of what we expected. I mean, Guyton got open on, you know, a kind of intermediate uh, out route up the left sideline. I mean, he, he did a couple different things to kind of round out his performance instead of him just being like, oh, um, you know, he's probably just going to catch one deep ball. Maybe that's all he, he provides uh -huh. to the game, right? And then we saw Joshua Palmer. I think he, he ended up with a team high, what was it, seven targets, five catches, 66 yards. He did have the touchdown, which was a heck of a ball by Herbert to be able to um, lead him 
just in time for him to turn up the sideline and uh, score that touchdown, which was phenomenal, right? Like, and and funny enough, uh, earlier today, my wife gave me her fantasy football lineup, and she goes, "Oh, I'm uh, Michael Pittman's out. You know, I need someone to replace him." And yeah. I said, I said, you should probably try Joshua Palmer. Like, I mean, it just seems to be one of those games because it was like yeah. Slayton, Kenny Galladay. So two Giants receivers or Palmer. Uh-huh. And I go, well, you probably want to go with Palmer because a real quarterback's throwing him. the yeah, Right, right. Uh-huh. You know, and he ends up scoring. And so it was just like a lot of good feelings around Palmer's <laughs> uh, performance today, right, on multiple levels. And I mean, Palmer is a complete wide receiver, man. I don't know what to tell you. Like he showed off yeah. in the run game. He showed off uh, catching different passes, scoring the touchdown, obviously. He just showed he could do it all. And then obviously Mike Williams still had a pretty good game as well. Yeah, yeah, and you're right. Uh, it was Palmer with seven, and I think Mike Williams had six. So he led the team yep. in. Great block on that outside run uh, to Austin yep. Eckler. Uh, speaking of the running game, Arturo asks, why do you think Joshua Kelly was getting more reps than Jackson? So, hmm. Michael, do you think it's it was more of a game-dictating type of deal where they know they've got Kansas city next week. That's in the back of your mind. Uh, the the game's getting away from you. You got a big lead. Austin Eckler goes down. Uh, Justin, Justin Jackson has been effective enough. And then Joshua Kelly comes in. Do you think it's more of a, it's garbage time minutes, or do you think there's something to Kelly getting a little bit more minutes than Jackson towards the end? Uh, honestly, I think it has to be with like, in terms of a, or how the team was up by so much. I think it comes with, uh, the chiefs, coming on Thursday. Um, Eckler was out, obviously. He was getting taped up, which was you know, a sign that maybe if this game wasn't so much of a blowout, Eckler oh, might yeah. have returned, which uh, is a crazy thing to think about because everyone mm-hmm. said you know, he couldn't even put pressure on his leg at all. And so with Eckler you know, out as a precaution, uh, with them in the leads uh, so much that maybe Jackson was going to be seen as, oh, he might be our star next Thursday if Eckler's injury is worse than we thought. So mm-hmm. maybe again with the blowout, it's just okay. We can, you know, because Kelly was the only other running back besides those two uh, active today, right? With Roundtree inactive, so I think it's mostly garbage time. I think it's protecting the guy who may end up being the starter uh, next or this coming Thursday if your actual starter in Eckler is not available to go that day. Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of uh, I kind of felt like some strategic moves today where you're kind of taking players out early on because you know that matchup on Thursdays in the back of your mind because that's so important. Keeping Derwin out, I mean, you know, who knows how serious that injury was, but um, keeping Eckler on the sideline was a smart move. They shouldn't have brought him back at all, but it, it, they had every intention to bring him back on. You don't tape up his entire foot with, you know, a couple. Did you see his foot too? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I was, my wife again sitting next to me and I'm like, what are they yeah. doing? It's a club. <laughs> You yeah. know, like when you see clubs, when people have broken arms and stuff like yeah. that, his foot looked massive. <laughs> yeah. Like it looked like it was actually swollen up that big. I couldn't believe yeah. it. I'm like, I'm like, at what point though? I know you're trying to be safe, but at what point yeah. is that like detrimental to your performance? You know? Yeah. Cause he looks like a mummy from the waist down. You know, he's got like a giant taped up foot. I'm like, like comparatively, you know, he's sitting there and I'm like, it's as big as his head. Right. Yeah. Like this thing on his ankle. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, yeah, yeah. That has to weigh him down at that point. You know, it was it was just so weird when I was looking at it. Yeah. Uh, Richard here wants to talk about Joe Lombardi and his play calling today. How'd you feel about his uh, his play calling? I'll tell you what. I didn't have really any qualms with his play calling today. I thought running the ball early and then uh, they had success early on. And so they kept doing it and they kept having success, which I think is, you know, an easy way to go with the run game, right? If you do it, if it works, yes, then you're allowed to keep trying it, uh, uh, you know, on this team that wants to throw and is much better at throwing than running. I thought that was a good way to kind of flex those other muscles that this team doesn't do all that often. Um, there were one or two drives. I think it was the first drive where they stalled, uh, and kicked a field goal, the first field goal of the day, where they threw it a bunch, and that's how they got into the red zone. I think they might have been inside the 15, and they have a first down run um, that doesn't go for, I think, a yard or two, and then they run it again for, you know, really nothing. And so all of a sudden it's third and long, and you're like, you know, nine yards out from the end zone. And I'm like, well, at that point, why are you running it back-to-back times? I know you had success before, but the field's shorter. They're kind of expecting that a little bit. I just thought it was weird to maybe kill momentum with back-to-back runs when the first one is not successful whatsoever. If it was a five-yard carry and then you want to run it again, cool, that's fine. But if it's second and nine and you're like, yeah, let's just run it again, I think it's a weird buzzkill thing. I know it didn't affect the game whatsoever, but that's one of my biggest pet peeves is following up a bad run with another run because the the worst like case scenario is far worse than, I guess, the the flip side of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had a there was a lot of issues with the uh, second down runs that became su- successful later on. But I don't, 
I mean, there's no real issues that I have. I thought, um, even though he didn't get it, that um, little rollout on the goal line to Justin Herbert, where he took it and ran, uh, just to keep the defense honest, he got tackled short and they ended up scoring with uh, Austin Eckler on the goal mm -hmm. line. But that that was real nice there. Um, there was a cute little wrinkle he threw in in the second quarter, I believe, where they had the kind of uh, streaking Eckler across one side and he got the 12 yards off the edge. And then they snuck on the very next play. They snuck Mike Williams on the opposite side in the flat and they passed it to him. It was like a six, seven yard gain. So they ran the same play back to back run yeah. pass. And it was a nice little wrinkle that I, I enjoyed from Lombardi today. They were both effective and I, you know, it was hard to complain in the first half, 289 yards. They had 18 first downs. I mean, they, they were firing on all cylinders. They stalled out like a few times, but it didn't seem like the Giants had much to do to stop them at all today. So I, yeah, I mean, it was, it was solid. They did enough to beat the Giants for sure. And uh, it didn't seem like Lombardi was holding them back at all. It wasn't one of those games today. No, I don't think so at all. I think, uh, I think everything was running super smooth and they were firing on all cylinders. Um, I think he was kind of, I guess, how the kids would say it, in their bag. He was in his bag today. Um, he just didn't have a lot of calls. Like, I mean, any game where they come and go where there's not like, well, let's put it on the, the Giants here real quick. They ran two flea flickers in the span of four plays. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Uh -huh. Neither of them worked. And, no. like, that's a sequence that we as Chargers fans have seen previous time, like multiple times before, right? Like just these cute plays followed by another cute play or one, a couple plays later. Yeah. Um, and they're just horrendous. Right. I never felt, yeah. I, I've for a long time, I haven't felt like this team is a cute play team where they always have like the timing down and the nuance down to fake it, to fake the right things and, and to get the, uh, you know, defense to do what they want to make those trick plays successful. I've just never been a big fan of it, but overall I thought it was good. I thought they were really marrying the run in the past together. Kind of like you mentioned that they'd run um, the same concept twice, but like, One's the run, and then one's play action yeah. off of that. And mm -hmm. uh, one play I really like that they've had success with in the past, and I like that they're doing it now, is that so that play where Josh Palmer was uh, he came across the formation to be like the lead blocker for Austin Eckler on that run. Well, mm -hmm. I mean that motion by the the receiver turning into a blocker is what turns into the flat route when they run play action off that type of stuff. So um, I'm a big fan of that. I think we've got really good receivers who, at least when Keenan's there, Palmer showed he could do it today that they can be a factor in the run game. And then when that's not a run play, it is you know designed to be a pass. They're able to take that flat route, turn up. Uh, I think Mike Williams did that as well and got some mm -hmm. extra yards. Yeah. Yeah. And that uh, on that drive to have Joshua Palmer come back and make that huge block to spring Eckler and then reward him at the end with the touchdown, a beautiful stick route, by the way, by Palmer on that touchdown um, mm -hmm. is great. I mean, you know, nice little, just reward the rookie. He did a, made a great play got his nose in, made a good block, and then uh, you get him touched on at the end of it. Um, I, I also, you know, it seemed like today also, I mean, we haven't got to the defense yet, but I just want to mention Justin Herbert today is the first ever player to have 30 touchdown passes in his first mm -hmm. two seasons. Yep, Amazing, amazing milestone again today. The, the records just keep pouring on. Yeah, and I mean, so that was that was one of the records that he had today. The other record yeah. being that when he threw um, his 725th completion, which is the most by a player in their first two seasons in NFL history, and he still has what is it, four games left? Four, yeah, four games left after today. I believe yep. they're eight and mm -hmm. five. Yep. Yeah, so, they got I mean, three in the AFC West, and then the Texans. And the Texans, yeah. So I mean, yeah. like, so sets a record with three games left. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's. He's been an incredible run um, every week right now. It just seems like, you know, he's the first player to do this through two seasons. He's the first player to do that. Uh, and, I mean, that's a good thing when, like, he's up there with, you know, Holmes, Marino, Kurt Warner. I mean, they're, mm -hmm. they're records and groups of players that he's now up there with where, like, uh, the correlation is, like, he's probably going to be a really good player by the time it's all said and done, right? You don't have, like, one-hit wonders, really, um, amongst those players right you don't have cam newton i know he had a really good rookie season and he kind of petered off eventually and didn't have the full length of careers he probably wanted but like i feel pretty good about what herbert's doing right now yeah i mean how how could you not i mean we're yeah i don't i don't want to start comparing him to rivers but they, we haven't seen a guy with this type of arm talent in a long long time and it's a lot of fun to watch um abraham here wants to talk about the number. He doesn't like canine with the number <laughs> no. nine. Do you should the bolts implement a rule that bans bad players from non-traditional <laughs> numbers? That's the question. Okay. I he thought doesn't he was care gonna... about the single digit. No, okay. no, 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 no. No, no, no. If you're bad, you don't get the single digit. 
Because the single yeah. <laughs> digits too clean for a good player, you know? I'm not going to lie. I, yeah, because I, at first, before you read the rest of the comment, I was like, yeah, yeah. oh, no, not this boomer stuff. Like, I fought yeah, with yeah. enough people on, <laughs> yeah, yeah. on Twitter about this stuff. But, like, yeah. ah, you kind of have a point, you know? Like, and I mean, <laughs> you know, we're not team owners, right? We're not coaches and yeah, stuff. Yeah. But, like, there, there's – as like, him as the player, though, you know, he, he wears that single digit. He knows what it means. He knows he's – you know, he's a bad dude. He's wearing a single digit as a linebacker. You know, the number nine he wore at Oklahoma. Like, there's all that stuff wrapped into it. All that nostalgia. K9, right? Like, right. sick nickname, right? Like, there's all yeah. that stuff that goes into it. And then yeah. he just doesn't do anything. He's just <laughs> not impactful. Um, and I was a big fan. I cannot stress enough I was how much of a fan I was of, of Kenneth Murray at Oklahoma. I thought he was so mm-hmm. much fun to watch. He had the cowboy collar, the neck roll, whatever you want to call it. And I got maybe that's honestly, what if that's causing him to be not so great in the NFL? What if he's oh, just he missing that last bit, man? Ooh. He's just not himself. You know, I just don't understand. Yeah. Leighton Vander Esch wore the cowboy collar coming mm-hmm. out of Boise State with the Cowboys. Um, yep. And I'm not going to say he's been the best, you know, recently. Yeah, right, right, he was right, pretty right. good when he started out. <laughs> uh-huh. But yeah, I mean, that's tough. I think, you know, he himself maybe once or twice has thought to himself that, uh, do I deserve this number nine? Yeah. And, uh, you know, I don't know, Kenneth. I don't know. <laughs> it's too clean to have a single digit and not be good. Gosh, man. It, I mean, 40, <laughs> so I'll Abraham. tell you what, though. 44 is a sweet number. I love double numeral numbers like that. Derwin James is 33. Kaiser White's 44. I think 55 is a heck of a number for a linebacker as well. Obviously, I know it's probably huh? an offensive line number somewhere, but like Derek Brooks wearing the 55, I think that's such a cool number. And then uh, 22, well, Justin Jackson's way. Yeah. yeah. Junior Seau, yeah, that's, correct. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah um, but – yeah, I don't I don't know, man. I that single numeral I'm so with you, but I hate the 40s. Linebackers and 40s. Really? Hmm. I hate that number. Yeah, yeah. I just don't think it looks good, but I do love the 11, 22, 33, 44, 55. Yeah, yeah. I I get that for sure. Um Drew Tranquil's 49 is rare. Yeah. 49 is a rare number for a linebacker. Ugh. You don't see a lot of players wear 49. That's such a weird uh, number. And to be honest, yeah. like I don't I'm not going to say I'm the biggest fan of it. But it's like yeah. unique, and so I'm kind of just rolling it. I'm kind of leaning into that, right? He, he's a linebacker with a unique number, and he's mm-hmm. a pretty good player. So, like, I think it works. Yeah, they're good, and that's all that matters. But I, mm-hmm. I do not like linebackers of 40s. I think it should be banned. But, Abraham, <laughs> that's a great point, though. I love it. Uh, Jonathan has a question here. I love Staley's ability, ability to fix issues. He fixed the field goals, obviously, with Dustin Hopkins. A special Finally. team coverage yeah. and returns. Andre Roberts, huge. Uh, pre-snap penalties and the right side of the O-line protection issues, but punt blocks, how do we solve it? So are our punts getting blocked or us like getting more blocked punts? Uh, he's saying no block punts, uh, fix the protection. I mean, obviously oh. part of that is Ty Long taking a day and a half to put the ball down and kick it. <sighs> okay, yeah, because now we're talking His about His motion is so slow. Okay, so for, for those who don't know, so I actually played punter in college. I played tight end and punter, which was really cool. I was an all-state punter in, in high school. So, like, I'm I'm still really into punting. And like Here we go. Process. And, you know, again, I'm, I, I'm not an NFL punter. I didn't make it that far in my career. So I don't know what Darius Swinton is telling Ty Long what to do. Um, mm-hmm. But when I was in college and punting, they actually came to me and said, like, what is your process? They said, are you a one-stepper or are you a two-stepper? Which just means, obviously, how many steps you take to actually kick your ball. Um, and to be honest, I think I was a one-stepper. Um, I, I wanted to get out as quick as possible. But at the end of the day, when you're back there and you're – so you get the snap, you're looking at the center, right? Um, while you're in the motion of about to catch the ball, you're also sensing in your peripherals the pressure right? Like that's what you have to do, right? Just as a quarterback, mm-hmm. you're looking downfield and feeling the pressure. So as you're receiving that ball coming at you from 15 yards away, you are kind of reading the defense or at least the rush and seeing what's going on. And so as the punter and as a professional punter, you would think that when he is receiving that snap, he's aware of what's coming at him. And so when there's obvious pressure, especially up the middle pressure, that how are you not grabbing that ball and knowing I got to get this thing out now and yeah. doing that? So when I think the last punt block Ty Long had, um, you know, I, I watched the replay and I'm like, there's no rush. There's no hurry. Mm-hmm. There's no pace. He just, there's, then there's someone barreling down on him. I mean, on him immediately. Yeah. He's still, he's still catch one, two kick. And that's not the pace. You can honestly, you can go 
catch, step, kick that quickly. Or there's also, you know, potentially you have to catch that thing and maybe take a step or two in one direction to go away from the pressure to make that happen. It just seems like he's so locked into his, uh, his, uh, ritual, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. uh, Process. uh Uh, process. Yeah. Excuse me. And, um, I just don't understand because again, not an NFL punter. I don't know what he's told, but for the life of me, I can't imagine that coach or him being taught that he can't like, uh, you know, deviate from that process. Right. Like, I mean, as a quarterback, you have to, you know, run around, scramble, you have to make play happen. And sometimes as a punter, Mm -hmm. it's, it's that same case. Um, so I just don't get it. And so that's my biggest qualm. And I usually tweet it out when it, when it happens during the game. And it just seems like he takes forever to get that punt off. And I just don't see why he can't speed it up. I, I love that insight, Mike. I, I, I knew you were tight end. I didn't know you also punted. That's awesome. And I don't know why that's Dude, not in your, have you seen, <laughs> have you seen the punter from, um, the Steelers? San Diego. Oh, oh I thought you were going to say San Diego state. Um, no, I mean, we I know. he's him. awesome. Yeah, he's fantastic. He, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. We played the Steelers, right? He's his last name's like Hayden or something. He is a big dude. And so as I was like a 230 pound punter, which is a big for a punter, you know, I'm six, mm-hmm. two, six, three. Um, and so I was always a big punter. And so I love seeing that dude, like in the NFL, winning a starting punting job. It's just so yeah. awesome. Um, but yeah, <laughs> man, no, it's, it's, I love punting. And I mean, for a little more insight, like I was uh, glorified, like, blocking tight end fullback in, in high school. My coach never used a tight end as a passer. So like I literally picked up punting uh, my freshman year of high school and was like, well, if I can't play tight end and, you know, be all state, I was like, I'm going to learn to kick the heck out of this ball. And I just did that. Like, that's all I did. And I mean, I, I watched videos and stuff and I just taught myself how to kick a ball. Turns yeah. out I was pretty good at it. Oh man. That's awesome. I, I, I'm sure there's a lot more questions about it and we'll probably get back to it, but uh, we're going to get to some more questions here. Nathan here, Harrison, uh, you seem new, Nathan. What's up, man? Michael Davis played great today outside of just the, uh, if you block out that TD to Barkley, which, which was true. I mean, he, it was a big gamble on the outside at the end of the game on Saquon Barkley. He tried to jump uh, the inside, but yeah, he had an incredible game today. And also shout out to Chris Harris Jr. Who also had a very good game today. Yeah, they all did. Um, most definitely Mike Davis. This was a big game for him because I mean, by any measure advanced stats, Mike Davis is not having one of his best seasons. In fact, he's kind of having one of the worst seasons in terms of like tackling and his coverage, excuse me, his grades, um, in those categories, but we know how good of a player he is. It kind of sucks that he, he signed, you know, an extension, right? A new contract and he's not performing the way we would have expected him to, but this was a big game that I think where he looked much more like himself, right? I think he had, you know, three or four pass breakups. He almost had an interception on that jump ball next to Kenny Galladay that they were fighting over. Um, but right. Like the little blemish being the, the, the touchdown that he led up to Saquon Barkley. And in that moment, he probably really wanted like a pick six, really yeah, wanted oh, just yeah, ice for the sure. game, you know. And so that's that's the only thing probably going through his head why he would bite on that so hard. To his, yeah. you know, to his uh, justification, like I don't think with any running back, I know it's Saquon Barkley, which is why maybe you have to think about that context. But if a running back's out wide like that, unless you're Austin Eckler who's done it a bunch, like he's probably not running a go route or like not yeah. going deep. But at the same time, it is Saquon Barkley, like literally one of the most athletic uh, running backs in the NFL. So maybe that happens. But to Davis, the chances were that he was running a short route. And I think that's why he was just locked and loaded to to defend that. Yeah. And I think because the game was a little bit out of hand at that point, and they had such a big lead that he kind of gave himself that grace to kind of see if he could jump it and ice the game. So I obviously not great. He gave up the touchdown and it's not going to look good on his stat sheet or in the PFF grades, but he played a hell of a game today. And it's, you know, it just like Michael was talking about earlier, it's just kind of like, ah, that's fine, whatever. You know, it's just they blew this team out, and they were the better team today. And then little things like that and the missed catch by Parham on the onside kick, those little things, that doesn't really matter. Filer getting the false start, K9, none of that really mattered today. They they put it all together, and they weren't losing today. No, not at all. And, uh, again, that kind of goes back to, you know, the beginning of, of this whole uh, thing, the topic we were on, which was, you know, a lackadaisical day, right? Like how mm-hmm. – amazing it was to watch actual like tangible mistakes happen and mm-hmm. most people just be like yeah whatever he's you know he's due for one maybe like cool All right. right on to the next one you know like yeah. normally in games with like a lot of pressure on them right like last week's game against the Bengals, afc west games divisional games mm-hmm. every little like mistake is is uh you know 
uh, what's the word magnified. It's emphasized oh, and, uh, for under sure. a microscope. And I mean, and you know, we're all guilty of it. I know me, I'm a big, I, I don't know where I got it, man, but like, I'm a weird stickler for like the little things adding up because we've just seen it uh, happen over yeah, and over yeah. and over again. You know, and we're just tired of seeing that same story of like one mistake happening and you being able to go, all right, well now that that happened, this is about to happen. This is about to happen. Uh -huh this yeah. will and then the chargers lose and then like yeah because when you when you do that when you predict it and then you watch it unfold in front of you like yeah. you just are nostradamus or something yeah, yeah, that's yeah. that sticks with you and that's why i think a lot of people are jaded uh you know in the fan base because we've just seen oh, that for movie sure. too many times Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, we've been programmed to feel that way. There's not, there's an innate sense that when something happens in your mind, you go, that's the play that's going to change the game. Or mm -hmm. that's the point we're going to talk about later about how if he would have just made that catch or if he would have just made that tackle or if he wouldn't have dropped that interception, they would have won that game. And so mm -hmm. you, every single mistake like that, you in your mind go, that could have cost the game or probably will cost the Chargers the game. But today, none of that happened. And that was beautiful. Victor wants to talk about Jalen Guyton, who uh, had two big games in a row. Is it a Christmas miracle, or is Guyton trending in the in a new direction? Yeah, uh, I think I got to go with maybe a little bit of both. Um, I think the <laughs> I think the Christmas miracle could actually be pointed to uh, Joe Lombardi being more about the deep ball, or and I mean. I don't know how much you personally or anyone else take his whole, like, you know, it's not like we're not dialing up the deep ball. It's just not, you know, coming to fruition. While that may be true, it's funny that, like, after some of the heat and pressure was kind of stoked on him about, like, you need to figure out how to throw it deep, that the team is all of a sudden starting to throw it deep, right? I mean, it worked against the Bengals, and the Bengals are a good defense. I think it's a very underrated defense. They're very athletic up front. Um, and in terms of pressure, which was the whole reason that they were like, yeah, we just can't, you know, hold up in, in press or little pass protection enough mm -hmm. for, for um, these passes to develop. Well, we just did it against the Bengals who have a really good front with Trey Hendrickson, Larry Ogunjobi, DJ reader, um, all those guys, Sam, uh, Hubbard. Sam Hubbard. Yep. Mm -hmm. And so like we saw it happen. And so it's just funny that that, that flip was switched. And so Christmas miracle, you know, I kind of point to the Lombardi stuff, but I do think Guyton is training in the new direction. And I think that's obviously um, one today being, he just has more opportunities, right? Um, mm -hmm. and then recently with them trying to, or at least, you know, you know, cognizant of trying to get the deep ball to work, he's been, uh, you know, the beneficiary of some of those, especially last week, you know, that jump ball in the end zone to, uh, over Jesse Bates, the one today, yeah. I just think it's kind of like things are clicking and all kind of coming together at the right time. Yeah. A Jalen Guyton we saw last year, not so much this year. And yeah. I, man, I, I hope so. I sure hope yeah. so. Cause I haven't been a big fan of Guyton this season. I mean, he's flashed at times, but, uh. Yeah, I mean, let's let's all hope, Victor, and it's not just some kind of Christmas miracle. Um, Got to post this for you here, Mike. Okay. Uh, Craig says, uh, "Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on." That wasn't what he was saying. Here we go. <laughs> Craig says, "What up, Craig?" Six two six three subtle, subtle flex, flex, Michael. <laughs> I hate you that. Why does, that in there. <laughs> why does that have to be a flex? Like, I'm hey, just, man, celebrate your wins, baby. It's six, funny. Two, six, three. Look, man, us tall kings can't apparently talk about anything in the yes. world. I uh, <laughs> this is this is actually so funny um, because, like, literally yesterday, I don't know who I was talking to, but someone asked me how tall I was. I think it was maybe like one of my wife's parents when we were working on the house, and uh, I was like, you know, I'm between six two, six three. Like, I don't, I don't just straight up. I try to be a little humble about it, right? Like, I'm not a true six three. I'm six three with like my cleats on, so I'm a little over six uh -huh. two. 
And it brought up a, a memory of when I was at like a football camp, I was at Kansas and they measured me at six, one and one eighth. And I like turned around and I was just like, what method are you guys using? And like two of my buddies who were receivers with me from my high school were both measured like an inch or two shorter than they've ever like said that they were tall, you know? Uh -huh. And it was just like a travesty. I was like, I had like an existential crisis at 17 years old. I was like, have I been, have I been six one this entire time? Who's yeah. been lying to me? You know, like the doctor's right. been lying to me, um, you know, and all this stuff. So yeah, like whatever the point is, I'm tall. So what? I'm kind of tall. I'm not, <laughs> listen, I'll tell you right now. I understand most people would probably like give a finger to be, you know, six, two, six, three or whatever. But when you're like my height and you're kind of tall, like the majority of the time, and then someone who walks in, who's like six, six, like an actual tall person walks oh, yeah, into yeah. the room. I've never felt worse about myself. Uh, I've never you know, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> You've never felt. So if they're taller, you feel like just a little person. Man, huh? I used to work out. I used to run stairs at the University of Iowa uh, basketball stadium, Carver Hawkeye Arena. And I would sometimes walk by like early in the morning, like one of the basketball players who's like six, seven, six, eight. God uh -huh. forbid it was Luca Garza, who's, you know, seven feet tall or Adam Woodbury. who used to be there seven one. Oh my goodness. I would just shrink. I felt so tiny. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had the exact opposite thing happen. Getting measured for sports and stuff, six foot. Uh, sometimes they would like, if they wanted to lie and get us on the, uh, get us on the chart, they give it six, one, they give me an extra inch. Yeah. And then, there was, I got measured at the doctor's office a year ago and they're like five eleven. I was like, what? I've been six foot my whole life. What are you talking about? Because that threshold of a six foot man and a five eleven man is two yep. different animals, man. I so love I'm, the joke. Sorry, go ahead. No, I'm claiming that six foot is all I'm saying. I don't know if you've seen them, but I love the jokes that are, I think there's any random meme account, oh, yeah. like on Instagram uh -huh. or something where it's like the difference between uh, a five eleven man and a six right, foot and man. Six and foot it's, man. Exactly. You know, it's like this much. Oh no, no, no. Actually the best one is where it's like a six foot dude, but a five eleven girl yeah. <laughs> uh -huh. because it's always the five ten guy saying he's six foot. And then the girl's yeah. always like straight up. She's like, no, I'm an actual five eleven, but she's right, like right, this right. much taller. Right. Oh, my God. I, I Something I'll tell you what, man. When I would, uh, when I was still playing ball, and I would see some of the uh, like volleyball players we'd have. There was a we had a six three girl on our on uh, Drake's volleyball team, Drake University, where I played football. And like I oh not Drake her. the rapper. Oh come on. He visited the school. <laughs> he visited the school once and took a picture with the school like sign, you know, on one of the corners of Drake University. And he went to my wife's sorority house. Just showed up, ding dong, and mm -hmm. girl opened the door. Drake. Did you believe it? <laughs> Lost dope. their damn minds. <laughs> of yeah. course they did. Of course. Anyway, so anyway, you were saying great, long story great short, college. I no, sorry. I just long story short, like the feeling I got when I stared a girl in the face who was six three and we just like locked eyes. Uh -huh. right, that's a weird feeling to like look oh, at yeah. you know, being me like I'm a tall guy, and then a girl walks up and she's just like right there. It's just yeah, yeah, yeah. A little unnerving, but you kind of have to learn to deal See, with that masculinity you know what I'm saying? and this <laughs> and this is craig's with me man he's six foot and they try to rob him rob him of half an inch at every camp i don't know See, why they're always trying to rob us man like let us let us thrive let these doing? tall kings thrive Every, everyone knows on the actual football <laughs> roster i don't care where you go to school you always put not how tall you are you put how tall you are with cleats on because when you're on yeah, the yeah. field you're that tall so right dumb yeah, it's the same with basketball and stuff. When I played basketball in high school too, it's the same thing. You're with what you are with your shoes on. Mm -hmm. Uh, so Morgan's watching the bar. Thanks for watching us here, and of course, thanks Michael for uh, pitching in here and coming with us. Really appreciate it. And Victor wants to talk about Thursday night. I knew this was coming. What are your thoughts after this game heading into Thursday night's game? I hate Thursday night games, and it's a divisional game to make it worse. Thursday night games are terrible. They and are, this is probably the like first good one all year, at least on paper. But yeah, this is um Thursday games are tough, but one silver lining is that, and I don't have like the, the concrete numbers in front of me to back this up, but on Thursday night games, usually it's the home team that plays way better than the away team. For whatever reason, road teams on Thursday night football look horrendous. I mean, just like go back. I'm pretty sure you could probably look this up yourself and just see how like road teams offensively did across the Thursday night football uh, schedule. But that's one thing that I think could be in the Chargers' favor 
um, in this one. I mean, the, the Chiefs, I mean, they need it though, right? The Chiefs are playing about as well as anybody in the league. They look like their normal selves. It's kind of nuts to think about how bad they look to begin the season. Yeah. And they the just thing steamrolled is the Raiders. Right. And they're the thing is they're doing this, one, with a defense that looks way better than it did before. And mm-hmm. two, they're finding ways to do it with other players that aren't Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill and Kelsey both have actually quite a few drops on the season, really up there with like Keenan Allen and, and Austin Eckler. And like, you know, we think we've had problems with drops, um, except kind of recently <laughs> we, we, we kind of, you know, squashed that problem Clean in that general. Up, yeah, yeah. But in general, like they, they're actually kind of up there in terms of drops uh, leading the league. I think our top three, both of them might be. Anyway, uh, they're able to do it with like Tyreek Hill, I think today – didn't have that big of a game. And then I want to say either last week or the week before, uh, no, it was last week. And I only remember this because he scored like 3.2 points in fantasy and I was playing against him. Not a big (laughs) day, right? I mean, obviously not a big day if he scores only three and a half points. So they're finding ways to win without their star players having those big games. And that's when I think teams like actual good teams are taking it to another level because good teams, you know, you, you don't want to just win and die by your best players having good games, right? Um, really good, great teams, upper echelon teams are able to get it done no matter who's on the field. And I feel like the Chargers are actually one of those teams with the way they're able to distribute the ball between all their tight ends, all their receivers. Um, Herbert really showed that as a rookie as well, that it doesn't matter who's on the field. He's able to kind of get them the ball and find them um, enough. So it is a scary game. You're right. Like winner of this game is in sole possession of the AFC West. Oh, yeah. And that's a big freaking deal i mean like the chargers were were uh in you know in the lead earlier this season Mm -hmm. when the charger when the chiefs were bad excuse me but all of a sudden it's like oh no this this feels normal right chiefs are in the lead there's a big game late in the season between charters and chiefs winner you know it takes all the marbles type of failing um it's gonna be huge i'm super nervous for it because it i feel like it could just go either way but i'll tell you what with derwin james getting the week off Keenan Allen hopefully back. I think this will be the game where Asante Samuel Jr. is back, probably get a Loki Gilman back. I think they've been prepping and being cautious with injuries and everyone who's not feeling too well. I feel like this is the week that everyone's going to come back and this team's going to look pretty close to what they did uh, when they first played the Chiefs earlier this season. Yeah, and just how important this game is here on Thursday. They are set up to play the Chiefs in the playoffs in Kansas City. I don't picture a world where the Chargers beat the Chiefs twice in Arrowhead. I just don't think that's possible. I think I, I think if they win this game, take sole possession, they cre- they control their own destiny after that because they got the tiebreakers over the Chiefs, they'll have the same record, and then they can win out, and then they could have home field advantage. They cannot, to me, one of the scariest matchups right now for the Chargers is playing Kansas City in Kansas City. And that would be terrible to have a season like they're having, have to go into Arrowhead and beat them twice because that's nearly impossible with a guy like Andy Reid as head coach and then Patrick Mahomes kind of clicking right now at the end of the season. Yeah, I have to agree. Um, And you may not know this on top of your head, but so like that's a a situation where the season ended today that would be Chiefs-Chargers, right? So there's a Mm -hmm. chance that the Chargers, potentially in the first round, don't face the Chiefs. But then you look at the other teams – who they may be facing. And it's one, the Patriots, which are a way better team than when the Chargers face them. There's mm-hmm. potentially the uh, Ravens, I think, unless the win, the loss today to the Browns kind of mixes that whole thing up. I don't know who's winning the, the AFC North this year, man. That thing's a mess. Um, and then you got who? You got the Colts kind of uh, on the outside looking in. You've got the Bills, which I actually think just tied it up with the Bucks and are going into overtime right now. So who knows where the Bills are going to land? in the playoffs. And then, you know, there's the Bengals potentially, if they find a way to, uh, way to uh, recoup from the last two losses and, and, you know, win the AFC North, who knows? All I know is that the, if the chargers don't win the division, I think their opening round matchup probably is a very scary time with either like the Patriots or the chiefs or a team that they just do not want to see. So just to give you an update, the Bengals just lost in overtime to the 49ers. Did they? Yep. So that's that a, might push that's the Bengals. Yeah, that might push the Bengals out of the top seven because they had flip flopped with the Chargers, uh, yeah. the seven and five seeds. Um, but if the yeah, Bills so lose here to the Bucks, I think the they, Bills. They already did. I think they did. The Bills lost. They lost in overtime too. Yeah. Oh, Bills I came was, all the way back and forced it into overtime, and they I lost. I thought it just started. Wow. Okay. No, they played the same time the Chargers did, but they were they were getting their asses handed to them early in that game. But they came back. Wow. Niners lost it. Lost in overtime. 
So, um, Robert's uh, chiming in on your punter talk. Long seems like a four stepper. <laughs> All right. Just, so <laughs> it's too long, too long of a process. It just Victor's got the real, real question here. Oh, the F Mary kills, which are kill Mary date in his mind. You got to pick a quarterback, Philip, Breeze, and Herbert. This is a this is a tough one. I am, I don't think you could do anything but Mary Rivers, right? Because <laughs> that's just too God. wholesome. Anything else is it is, work. but doesn't Herbert seem like the modern man, man that every girl wants to marry? You know, doesn't really up? have a social media presence. Quiet, humble. Yeah, of course. To be so honest, that's the one you want to marry. Oh my God, this is tough because I'm actually thinking I'm actually giving this too much thought. Probably uh, Herbert seems like someone you actually would want to marry. I'm talking like 4.0 oh. GPA, biology major, mm -hmm. uh, was a student assistant, um, a TA, what was it, whatever it is. Um, he's also just like perfect in every way, long, luscious hair. Um, you know how it is. We, <laughs> I don't know. How, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I how keep you, going. I don't His know. Eyes. Don't marry. Don't get me started about those blue goals, baby. Because, <laughs> like, who do you kill in this situation? Because that's the you one kill I'm Breeze. Struggling. Do you? Because I think Breeze is just fun as a dude. Like, Breeze just... is amazing person. I love him to death. He didn't really become breezy until like New Orleans. So his right, his whole stint right. with with the Chargers in San Diego, at that if we're just taking Charger esque f Mary kills here, mm -hmm. I'm killing Breeze. I'm marrying Herbert, and all Philip does is f. So I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> you, f just date, you, <laughs> you just date him on the side and keep it casual. Yeah. I just totally. think he's yeah because if you think about it, Herbert seems to be the right Mary, and you date Philip because you're probably going out on quite a few wild dates and having a pretty good time. And although you're going to, I mean, he seems I think there's a lot of Bible study. There's a lot of like Sunday socials. Yeah. Like but here. like, what do you think he's doing after the Bible study? You know, he's probably trying to have oh, you know, a decent you, time. You think he's, Oh, you think he's throwing down? I, filthy no, I'm, not Philip saying, I'm not saying like he's super filthy. I'm just saying, uh -huh. I bet he's always just like, yeah, we should go do this. Like, yeah, we should go do a uh, go-kart oh. racing. Or like, yeah, oh, we, should go okay. down, we go, go down to the fair and, you know, play some games and stuff. Like, I just feel like he's the dude who's always just like, yeah, let's go do this. You know, fun, wholesome stuff. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm with you. I'm, <laughs> I'm with you. I, I could do that all day, though. I That was a great question. Uh, let's see here. Chris Bernhardt had a story. Jeremy Clary came into my house after he got drafted, and I couldn't believe people were made that big. You know, I, <laughs> yeah, I, um, I've ran into athletes and stuff. I remember being in the locker room for the chargers game and just seeing uh, Jamal Williams. And I remember going, we're not even like the same species. Like that's I, if he's a human being, then I don't know what the hell I am. Cause that's a whole different thing over there. The, like the muscle, the height, the everything. I I'm not the same thing as him. Mm. I couldn't even believe it. My, I think what I'll consider my moment where I had a similar feeling, right? Like I'm not of, the same caliber that came the same species, all this stuff. So I took, uh, I had one trip to the university of Kansas, um, when they played Oklahoma and this was 2011, something like that. Landry Jones was their quarterback. Um, Blake bell was on the team. I think Mike Dana or Hannah or something like that was another tight end. Uh, Ryan Broyles was on the team, but anyway, I was looking at like their tight ends and I, you know, I'm playing tight at the time, but I'm like a 6'2", 225 pound ish, like, you know, fullback tight end, what have you in, in high school. And I'm looking at these tight ends that are like 6'5", 6'6", 250 to 260 pounds running around catching passes from Landry Jones. And I'm like, could I play here? Could I yeah. like do anything? Could I survive at a place like yeah, this? Yeah. It was just insane and just a fun fact this is where i got really salty about like actual tall people what made me so mad is when i'd be on these like football visits and i'd see like an offensive lineman recruit who's like six five six six and both of his parents are five ten or below both of them. <laughs> yeah don't you hate that so i'm, I'm, I'm looking I at this dude <laughs> oh my god i'm seeing a dude he's six six he's got everything you want no. built super well and then he's got like two frumpy five seven parents uh-huh you know, yeah. like no genetics that you go oh, like, yeah, he's his father's son or you know, he got his height from his mother or his father or whatever. Right, right, right. I'm talking yeah. like this dude should have been every other kid who realizes at 12 years old that he's not going anywhere physically, you know? Right. 
Yeah. And he ended up being, you know, taller than everybody in the world with all the athletic ability. I just, it didn't make sense because I'm just like my dad. I had the same growth spurt. I ended up being like six, two and a half. All my brothers are the same height as well. We all had the same spiel, the same sequence, right? And yeah. then I just see other people just like win that genetic lottery. And I'm like, who, which devil did you sell your soul to? You know, or like what your parents <laughs> do, who they sacrificed oh, totally. to get your kid. Yeah. Oh my God. It was just enraging. It makes no sense. I I play and I we're just going down memory lane here. Um, I played so played uh, little league and stuff. Um, not in the same league, but we would play them in the playoffs and stuff with um, Prince Fielder, Cecil Fielder's son, who uh, was growing up in San Diego. And you saw him, and you're like, "Oh, that's so Cecil Fielder's son. You could totally get. He's huge. He's tall. That is the same body type as Cecil Fielder." Then you see these like small ass parents with giant kids, and you're like you're adopted, bro. Like there's no way you got that tall mm -hmm. and it makes no sense. Mm -hmm. And Ben thinks this is hideism and we should stop talking about it. One more, one more story. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. <laughs> one more story. So my senior we'll year of high yeah. school, we like, I don't know what we never did this or I never heard of any other classes before me doing it, but like we started going to like lineman competitions in high school, which if you guys have ever heard of these, but like, you know, how there's like seven on seven camps where well, in Iowa, we also had like lineman competitions where you go and it's basically just like a hail bay toss. There's like certain agility drills, sled pushing, like uh, farmers yeah, yeah. carry, which is you carry like super heavy weights, one in each arm, and you have to walk a certain distance. It's like a relay. You do all kinds of stuff like that. And yeah. I remember showing up and I had, we had a really big offensive line in high school. We averaged 6'4, 275. And I, that included me at 6'2, 6'3, about like 225 at the time. And but we went to this lineman camp. It was in like Fort Madison, uh, Iowa, in the middle of nowhere. This team rolls up from some Riverside, Illinois, like right across the border. And they roll up and like I see all these kids that I like, you know, understandably are in high school. And I see one massive guy. And I'm like, damn, their coach is huge. Come to find out, this dude comes over. He rips off whatever shirt he has. He's wearing a black wife, wife beater. And... Uh, he starts preparing for the competition. And I'm like, who <laughs> the hell is this dude? Come to find Lord out, Ed. his name is Mitchell Kepi. He uh, was the son of former uh, University of Iowa offensive lineman like Bruce Kepi or something along those lines. The guy was already on YouTube because he had the fastest pin in heavyweight wrestling in state history. <laughs> and turns uh. out he, he ends up winning the lineman competition. <laughs> Um, of course. And going to play at Iowa. What ends up happening, he never plays for Iowa. He's hurt, and then he's never actually good enough to play a snap for the University of Iowa. Oh, when wow. He was there. But just oh, like, it is too bad. Like, I heard he was a pretty decent guy, but I never yeah. actually met him myself. But like, uh, that was just like one of those moments where I was just like, there's no way he's in high school. But then you start seeing, and I don't know if you've seen this, but like, I want to say a couple months ago, some kid was viral on Sports Center, like their Instagram or social medias. Because he was a 6'5", 260-pound freshman in high school. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, jacked out of his mind, <laughs> hulking, all this stuff. Like the whole I am 12 written in crayon on a uh, you know piece of paper. Yeah, type yeah. Uh -huh. um, yeah. And it's just like, what luck for those kids. Yeah, I know. And there's nothing worse than a person who has all the genetics, but is like not coordinated enough to do anything. That's the funniest. Derek oh, says, we talking chargers or genetics? All right, fine. Let's get back into it. Craig says, <laughs> uh, he'll be there Thursday. All right, Craig, big shout out. That's good, man. Enjoy it. Um, there is a couple questions here about the matchup Sunday, of course. Should Kelsey and Hill get doubled again? There's a lot of bracket coverages last time around. Do you see them doing that again? Let's let's uh, say everything everything equal. Derwin's healthy. They've got mm -hmm. everybody. Asante Samuel's back. They doing the same thing again? Uh, I don't see why they they wouldn't. Obviously, yeah. you're not going to fix what's you know what's not broken. Um, yeah. It worked in the first game. Um, I think they. I, I honestly, the first time I heard uh, the way Bill Belichick does it with New England and where they double their uh, their best receiver or what was it they. Do you remember what I'm saying? They double like their second receiver and then they do something to the, like the wide receiver one. They do something uh -huh. where like, it's just, it was so perfect. I'm so upset now that I can't think about it, but they <laughs> double, they double one of their receivers yep. and then they bracket somebody else to do something weird. And yeah, um, that's exactly it. Yeah. So it's, 
it's where they try to force their best player to make plays through a bad situation. And then there's, so they force it to their second receiver and they force their second receiver to be like their number one receiver during the game, but obviously they're yeah. not. So um, they just try to force the bad matchups and force players who don't normally do the heavy lifting to have to do the heavy lifting to make them win that game, or at least raise their chances to the point uh, where they could win that game. So um, I love stuff like that. And I think that's probably a good way for them to, to handle this game. Um, getting Sante Samuel Jr. back is going to be great. Uh, Davis kind of having this type of game, I think, before the Chiefs is going to oh, give yeah. him a level of confidence because he is the fastest cornerback, I believe, on this team. Um, mm -hmm. Not having Tavon Campbell out on the field for more than like a handful of snaps is going to be yeah. huge as well. Um, I think he had a pretty good game. He didn't make any mistakes, right? So, of course, you're no, going to say uh, he, had, he had a good game, which is all we we need to expect from him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, and then Derwin coming back and and being able to get on Kelsey and stuff like that. Yeah, I, I would say for sure, whatever they did in the first game, of course you're going to hope they do the exact same thing. Yeah, absolutely. You got to. Um, there is a update here. Nathan says if the season ended today, it's Chargers going to Baltimore. Ooh. Baltimore lost today, since he lost today. That, That's and, not the worst thing in the world. I know no. what happened in the first game was like the worst thing we've ever seen this season, right? The way they were able Lamar, to make the Chargers. But yeah, Lamar Lamar out. went down with a, an injury today too, so we don't right. know how serious that is. Yeah. And they just don't seem like the same Ravens team. Um, they've got some lucky breaks. Uh, I think when I did that math about like all the, the top playoff AFC quarterbacks in terms of like the the record for when they uh throw an interception in a game and Lamar was mm -hmm. like five and one and that includes a game where he throws uh four interceptions like that's how good the team's been around him and I think that just screams regression and so I think like right now the Ravens who I think have lost they've lost two in a row maybe it's been three in a row uh if I remember correctly but this team is on a downturn and I think that may carry on honestly for the rest of the season yeah, big day for the Chargers getting the win today because Baltimore loses, Cincy loses, Buffalo loses. That's huge. Uh, let's see. What else we got here? Uh, let's see. If if you had to pick a January road opponent between Pats, KC, Baltimore with Jackson and Titans with Henry, who would you pick? I think I'm going with Baltimore like you're mentioning here. I think so as well. Um, that the running – so one, the, the run defense is better. Like we've seen it, um, we know it's better. And Baltimore's running, like their stable of running backs is not like the same thing that it was in that game either, right? Like Freeman, uh, I know Bell's not on the team anymore, but like uh, Latavius Murray, they're not doing anything, you know? No. Like they're not they're not running super efficiently. Like they didn't have to rush for a lot of yards to be the Chargers, but like when they did, they rushed for like, they, they got the first downs they needed, converted on third, um, converted in the red zone, you know? Like they – they were playing kind of above themselves, I thought, in that game. And so with the the Ravens kind of on a bit of a downturn, that stable of running backs not looking the same way, I think that that matchup seems to be the best right now. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Tennessee with a healthy Derrick Henry scares the living shit out of me with this run defense. I just don't oh – I don't think that's a good matchup for them at all. I am, I'm definitely going with Baltimore. But, um, yeah, Tennessee, if he's 100%, Derrick Henry, that's not a great – great fit for the chargers mm. does it scare you if if henry is back does he scare you too this is from hugh jazz by the way my favorite uh, name on here i've known a few hugh jazzes in my time I'll tell you <laughs> what. uh yeah it scares the ever-loving it scares my jazz off i'll tell you that now right now <laughs> oh my god i couldn't Smart. imagine could you just oh, imagine yeah. uh like who is it jerry tillery riding on the back of derrick henry <laughs> <laughs> i don't oh want to see gosh. it i don't uh nope. giants fan here saying chargers uh good game to the chargers for beating the giants the this giants team is all types of trash both the chargers go all the way and not the chiefs we agree with you uh so if asante samuel's back is michael davis still wide receiver one and asante cb2 i say uh, yes uh how about you hmm. well um asante samuel has missed a handful of games this year and still leads the team in pass breakups we'll see what it looks like after this game but i think asante actually is cornerback one and i think his play has shown that uh, it's been consistent a lot more consistent on a week-to-week -week basis than davis um but we'll see i mean davis has a really good opportunity to capitalize on the momentum that he, he built in this game 
Um, next week, if he has another good game, I'd rightfully say, yes, Davis, is this you know the highest paid corner on the team? I believe so. I believe he's paid more than Chris Harris. Quote me or tell me I'm wrong if I am. But like he's paid like he should be the top corner, and I think he's a good opportunity to be that with another good game. Yeah. All right, let's go rapid fire here because we uh, just eclipse an hour. Cool. Which is the tougher road trip in the playoffs, at the Patriots or at Kansas City? Damn, that's hard, City. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I'd say Kansas City too. You kind of hope that you know a rookie and Mac would make mistakes in his first playoff game. Mm-hmm. You doubt that happens with Belichick, but I just again, I don't, I do not think the Chargers can beat KC twice in the same season. Uh, let's see, Denario Alexander versus Brandon Oliver. Who was the better Chargers one-year wonder? Brandon Oliver. Oh man, I'm going Denario. Okay. Um, let's see. We're gonna keep going down. Oh, Derek says this is what the Pats did. They did your f- best corner on wide receiver two, and then they would double your wide receiver one. Yes. Okay. Thank you so yeah. much for for clarifying that. I knew like it, it was just on the tip of my tongue. It made so much sense, and I loved it when I first heard it. And that does make a lot of sense. Best corner, wide receiver two, double one. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Well, let's go last. Is quarterback contained still a problem for the defense? So far, it doesn't seem to be an issue. You you see any? You remember any time where they've been able to run loose, like Lamar did? I mean, what quarterbacks have they played since then? I mean, they played Jalen, um, which Jalen mm-hmm. did get out, but there was video evidence of quite a few egregious holds on the <laughs> edge. Um, which, like, and I'm I usually want to be pretty realistic about this. Like, if it was you know ticky tack, I'm gonna call it. If it was bad, I'm gonna call it bad. And if it was if it was not a hold, I'd probably say that it wasn't a hold. There was some pretty blatant stuff where like Jalen Hurts was able to uh, escape and no one was near him, you know, pressuring him. And that's because they were holding on to Joy Bosa as if their life depended on it. He had 62 yards rushing that game. Yeah, but he kept, he made a few really good plays to extend some drives on some third downs because of stuff For like sure. that. So definitely yeah, yeah. it felt worse than maybe it was. Okay. I'd say all no. Right. I'd say no, it's not a problem. Yeah, I don't think so either. I think, I think they're all right uh, at the time being. So, Michael, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, don't forget, he is at Zone Tracks, as you see there on the screen. I appreciate you filling in for Jamie who couldn't be here today. Uh, any last words before we get out of here? Uh, no, I don't think so. Just You're go ahead good? and follow me Follow me on Twitter. Um, I just appreciate everybody for supporting the site, for supporting the Lightning Round, and these guys who do just an absolute amazing job at not only creating <laughs> like this fantastic podcast with like a lot of character and soul and analytics and, and anything that you possibly want to know about this team. Uh, I just think it's a fantastic product and I'm just glad that uh, I get to work with them. Wow. How sweet is that? What a, what a great way. I appreciate that, Michael. Thank you. All right, guys. Well, everybody, Sam says, Michael, start a podcast with Michael Stanley, the kick and punt <laughs> podcast. That is so it's, good. It's not the worst idea in the world. I will tell you right now. So I had a podcast like last year it was called, oh. it was, it was chargers lately or whatever I've moved countless times it seems like over the last like mm-hmm. two years and right now it, like going into the season i don't have an office i have a corner of a living room that my desk is in right now we're about to move into a new home hopefully i'm able to build that into an actual um, office that i want to work in with like an actual audio setup setup excuse me i have this stuff it's just been a hectic time in my life with moving and buying a house and all this stuff so look forward to i want to get back into doing audio shows and stuff like that so just just be on the lookout for that Yes. Thank you. That'd be, man, that is a great, great idea, Sam. He says, thanks, Michael. But Stanley being into kickers and you being a punter, that is such a good idea, Sam. But would we only be good able to call. talk about kicking and punting? Yeah. Is that, would that it. be no, every <laughs> week? All right. Well, here we're going to break no. down Ty Long's steps. Let's see how we did this. Year. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one, two, four. Yeah. <laughs> John saying the best Chargers podcast by a mile. Thank you so much, John. Thank you, everybody thank you, else, for tuning in. Michael, again, thanks so much for filling in, man. Uh, we'll, of course, we'll see him on Twitter. I think he's going to have a pretty big announcement uh, about some life events happening, which uh, he was alluding to a little bit. But uh, make sure you follow him at Zone Tracks. Uh, look for his podcast coming soon, hopefully, hopefully. And uh, make sure you're uh, reading everything he writes over at Bolts from the Blue. So thanks, everybody. And we will see you next time.